Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family and welcome back to another edition of Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. Here on episode 35, we like to get together on these type of numbered episodes and talk to some special names, ones that you might be a little bit more familiar with, and you will be very familiar with this name, but I I would venture to say you'd probably be even more familiar with the voice of this particular individual. I'm happy today to welcome in my guest for episode 35, Mr. Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Andy, thank you for joining me. Kyle, thank you very much, War Eagle. Glad to be a part of uh, of this podcast. I've I've listened uh, before, so I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of it finally. I appreciate you being willing to do that, and you have a very busy schedule coming up for this next season, uh, getting started not just with football, with everything else that's going to be going on with the Auburn Tigers. So we're happy we could find some time to squeeze you in here before all that all that kind of stuff starts. My pleasure. Glad to do it. So what I'd like to do and start off this, with this question, and it's a very open-ended question and it might be even somewhat hard to answer but if i had to ask you why auburn why do you continually choose to be associated with auburn i know obviously it's your job but what is it about auburn that makes you want to be associated with it well initially it was my job i moved to auburn in september of 1988 as a matter of fact it was during halftime of the auburn kansas football game when i was rolling into town with a, a old u-haul van to uh, to move into town i moved here with my my first wife who was getting her phd in counseling psychology here and i was fortunate enough i'd i'd worked in in radio for five years mm-hmm. at that point in illinois my home state and came to work um at wkkr in town uh, the the country radio station in the auburn opelika market and fortunately for me Barry McKnight, who is now the voice of the Troy Trojans, had left that radio station to go to work for WAUD in town and take over Auburn baseball. And that left a spot open to do Auburn women's basketball play by play. So in addition to working for kicker during the morning show there, uh, I was able to to move in and, and do women's basketball, start 31 years of doing Auburn women's basketball. So for Auburn, for me, initially, it was a job. And to be honest with you, we thought we would be here for two years. She would get her degree and we'd move back to Illinois. Well, that was 1988. This is 2021. <laughs> and uh, this is my home now. So a lot of things have happened. And, and Kyle, in, in doing what you do and, and talking to, to Auburn people, and it's odd to be on this side of the microphone, so to speak, because a lot <laughs> of times I'm asking these questions of, of Auburn people. I don't know how many times. And and it's not just athletics. It's not just former student athletes, but just people that came to Auburn or people that grew up in Auburn and maybe their career or family took them away from Auburn. And how many of those folks are back in Auburn? And, and now this is their retiree home or this is where they've come to raise their family. Uh, and listen, I surely that happens in other SEC towns, but it happens a lot in Auburn. And it doesn't surprise me 
to be quite honest, because of, of this community and this campus and what it means to people. Um, it didn't surprise me at all that, that folks want to come back or want to make Auburn their home. And that's, that's what I've done. Yeah, you obviously have, and it's it's worked out. Uh, I would say very well for you over the time. Uh, yeah, a happenstance where you just took a job and maybe decided to to maybe leave someday, but then here you are, many many years later, still right. uh, not stuck, but obviously finding those roots that you can plant down in Auburn and just uh, be very happy. And, and I love what you said there about you know just obviously the community, and you know I, I we say a lot on this show. Auburn, yes, is a place, but more so Auburn is a people. And I think that's why this series has been such a, an important thing that we've been trying to foster here is because it's about all of us, not just the athletes, not just the coaches, not just the, the academics, but all of us together uh, that come together and share one collective Auburn story. But we have those unique stories that uh, we get to learn a little bit more, uh, learn a, bit, a little bit more about, especially yours right now. Well, there, uh, there, are, there are two words that when I ask these Auburn people, when, when they think of Auburn, the city of Auburn, Lee County, when they think of Auburn University, and there, there's two words that come up, one, home, and two, family. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most prevalent terms that I hear when they talk about Auburn. And I understand that. I mean, it is a family. Are there struggles in that family from time to time? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but it is family. It is home for so many people. Uh, and I think I, I, I truly believe that's what makes Auburn so unique. It really is. And it's a very special thing to be a part of. And we're happy that you are as well. I, I would like us before we kind of dive more into the specific Auburn part of your story, learn a little bit about you outside of Auburn. You said you were from Illinois, the Midwest. Right. And what was, was there any Auburn influence up there when you were growing up? Do you remember that at all? I had spent exactly one day in the state of Alabama until that day in 1988 when I moved in to Auburn. Never been to the state. Um, I grew up in, in southern Illinois, a small farming community, Nashville, Illinois, which was the population of 3,000 then and was just home last week. And I think the the, the sign coming in, it's now 3,200. <laughs> so it is still a small farming community agriculture is is by far the biggest economic um impetus there but i grew up in town was not a farmer um and and grew up near st louis missouri 50 miles from st louis and i see all of your braves memorabilia there in the back (laughs) all of my cardinal stuff is is out of camera range here but grew up a cardinal fan and um in 1967 this will date me a little bit I was six years old, and in 1967, the Cardinals beat the Boston Red Sox in seven games to win the World Series, Mm -hmm. and at that time, the Cardinals broadcast team was Harry Carey and Jack Buck, two of the all-time great names in radio, in baseball, Hall of Famers both. Jack Buck, a multiple-sport Hall of Famer. He's in Cooperstown. He's in the Football Hall of Fame. I mean, his son... Joe is about to go into the Football Hall of Fame. They'll be the first father-son broadcasting duo to ever do that. So those are the folks, in addition to Dan Kelly, who called the St. Louis Blues. Mm -hmm. Those three iconic voices were the folks that I listened to growing up. And after that 67 season, the Cardinals produced an LP of the season highlights with Harry Carey and Jack Buck. And Harry Carey in 1967 was very different from the Harry Carey that, that ended his career with the Cubs. Um, he was an outstanding broadcaster, incredibly exciting. And Jack Buck played more of the straight man, straight role with Harry Carey. But they're two just out. And, and I listened to that album over and over and over. And at six years old, and I, I, I'm not lying when I tell you this, I knew that that's what I wanted to do for my career. And it's all that I ever pursued in my career. I was fortunate enough to, to, to work on the local radio station calling high school football. I was the third man in the booth. Uh, the guy there knew that this is what I wanted to do and gave me a chance to do that. That opened up a small play-by-play role doing high school basketball in Southern Illinois. And high school basketball 
in Illinois is it, it's on par with what high school football is here as far mm-hmm. as the interest and the, the, the fervor that goes with it. So that, that was two years that I was at a community college, and then I finished my last two years at Indiana State and worked with the campus radio station there. And then uh, three days after I graduated from Indiana State, I was helping my father move into a brand new office and um, was in blue jeans and a T-shirt and sneakers helping dad. And that radio station that I had worked at, local radio station, gave called my mother who called my dad of course this is way before cell phones and they said listen we've got a position open for a a uh, a sportscaster doing play-by-play for illinois state would you be interested in interviewing at that time i did not have a job of course they said and and ha- as it happens my dad's office was about 400 yards from this radio station they said, can you come up and interview right now? And I'm like, I'm in a T-shirt and blue jeans and, a, and sneakers. And they said, we don't care. <laughs> so my first big career interview is in blue jeans and a, and a T-shirt. And I've been helping my dad. So I, I walked up the street to the radio station and interviewed. That was on a Friday. Uh, on a Monday I, I went to Bloomington to get an apartment. And by the next Monday I was working at that radio station. Wow. It's, it's kind of funny, the, the trajectory here, and I'm seeing some ties back to why you now are with Auburn. You know, you come from a very, what you call it an ag based uh, town in Nashville, Illinois. You, you show up to a, an interview just cause you had to in blue jeans and a t-shirt and things. Right. It sounds to me like you were cut as an Auburn person and what we kind of associated just kind of the, the common man from the very get go. I suppose, but, but I'll be honest. I mean, I, I worked one year in Bloomington and then I moved to Carbondale, Illinois, home of the SIU Salukis mm-hmm. and, and worked at a wonderful radio station there with the best collection of radio people that I've ever worked with in my career. And I worked there for four years and learned much more in radio there than I did in any other part of my career. And then the opportunity for for Auburn came about. Until that point, I knew Auburn because of Pat Sullivan and Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's about all I knew yeah. about Auburn. Again, I'd never been to the state of Alabama until that summer. So um, I, I moved here, and this is now my home. So you arrived that summer. Can you take me back and tell me if you can remember – what your first impressions were of this little town on the plains of Alabama. I remember because it, what struck me is how far I would be away from home. It was the furthest I would ever be away from home, nine hours driving. I didn't know anyone here other than my wife. It was my first real time away from home, Mm -hmm. a good way away from home. And that first year was tough. Um, I, I was homesick for Illinois. I was homesick for my family. I was homesick for what I knew growing up. And the job while getting to do Auburn women's basketball was a tough job. It was, that, that first year was just, it's the first year of marriage, for goodness mm-hmm. sake. So uh, that, that first year was really, really tough and there were times where we we could not wait to move back to illinois well that never happened uh she eventually moved back but i did not (laughs) uh and and was remarried in 2004 to a gal my wife jan who grew up in op alabama yes home of that rattlesnake rodeo (laughs) and uh she and she uh and her mother are auburn grads and her sister and father are Alabama grads. Uh, father was a, a doctor there in, in op. That, that family is so important to, to op Alabama. And she received her bachelor's and her PhD at Auburn and is now the associate dean for the College of Education and Health Professions at Columbus State. Uh, uh, right out of college, a, a kindergarten teacher that 
eventually went, went to work in, in higher education. So, uh, and she moved back to Auburn from Dothan when we got married. And uh, that, again, I, I'll say this more, more than anything, this is, this is our home. This is, this is home for us. And it's interesting that you started that, um, what you said there by saying I was so homesick and I, I didn't know anything. And that's, you know, that's the thing that stuck out to you the most. And lo and behold, you know, after a few maybe, you know, difficult, but, you know, important years and in, in, in your first uh, couple of years here, you end up staying through some circumstances and you end up finding a lady that you're now with. Right. And she's full blood Auburn. <laughs> indeed, she, <laughs> indeed she is. <laughs> how does the, how's the family dynamic between her and the, and the dad with the Auburn, Alabama rivalry? Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause you know, you, you never know what that's going to be like. Uh, her father was always very gracious. He passed away six, seven years ago. And, and he and I became very close over fishing. Uh, their their family owns a farm south of of op and um, built a cabin on a a truly remarkable fishing lake and so he and i what we did together was fish and we would go out early on a saturday morning on the weekends where we'd go back to op and he and i would just spend time fishing for bass and brim and shellcracker in mm-hmm. in that pond and that's where we got to know each other those were special times. We rarely talked much football. There wasn't, you know, gloating about the Iron Bowl each year. And it was very civil. Let me put it that way. Uh, but uh, that was the family that she grew up in. And um, I, I miss those. I miss those early Saturday mornings, getting up around dawn and, and getting a, a biscuit and heading to the farm and, and fishing with, with Dr. Wheeler Gunnels. That sounds like a great time. And, it you was. Know, <laughs> you know, we always joke about the whole Auburn, Alabama dynamic, and it is real. You know, it, it's it's very vigorous at times, very uh, hearty in how we kind of get after each other. But I think as we've shown throughout some of the tragedies that have happened in Alabama, Auburn and Alabama fans yeah. can come together when it matters most and help each other out. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that's great to hear in in most stories and the whole family. You know, we talk a lot about the, you know, the split household of Auburn and Alabama that happens a lot in, in that state, especially. Uh, it's good to hear that that was obviously not a, not a big issue in the family whatsoever. At least I didn't see it. Maybe it was <laughs> after I left, but it wasn't while I was there. <laughs> at least at least in, on the surface, though, everything right. looked good. All right, so you're here at Auburn, and you, you started out uh, working in radio, and your first job working with Auburn and doing play-by-play is with women's basketball. I had that correct, right? Correct. Explain that to me, What you know, because I think a lot of us obviously associate you with football, basketball, and baseball now, but I think a lot of us forget that, you know, a lot of commentators get their start in some of the other sports that shouldn't be forgotten, in my opinion, because right. they're just as important. But is there a difference between women's basketball broadcasting and something else? Like, is there a big difference? I don't think so. You're still calling a basketball game. You're still calling an Auburn basketball game, whether it's the men or the women. And for me, listen, I was fortunate. The the first year that I called Auburn women's basketball, the 88-89 season, is the second of three straight national championship game appearances. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the Final Four in... Tacoma, Washington, year one. Year two, I'm at the Final Four in Knoxville, Tennessee. Year three, I'm at the Elite Eight in Knoxville, Tennessee with Joe Champion. And so I was part of an outstanding program to, to be able to call lots of wins and SEC championships and regional championships and Final Four appearances. So I was incredibly blessed that I just stepped into this outstanding basketball program and was with coach champion until he retired after the 2004 season. Nell Fortner came in, of course, brought in Whitney body and Sherelle Hobbs and Dewana Bonner, part of an sec championship, Allie Smalley, all of those folks. And then a part of, of coach flows staff. So there's a lot of really good years of Auburn women's basketball that I was able to call. And, and all of the things that I did in radio, whether it was the morning show at Kicker or sports call the afternoon 
uh, talk show with Bill Cameron out at Tiger Communications, or 12 years doing Auburn Opelika this morning at WNI Radio. I did all of those things just to get the opportunity to do those women's basketball games. And then those baseball games with Rod starting in 1995. And to be a part of that football radio crew with Jim Fife and Charlie Trotman and then Stan White and Ronnie Brown and, and Jason Campbell and all those folks that, that, that work on the year. And Brad Law has been our producer and Jesse Duvall has been a producer and I'm leaving some folks out and I apologize for that. But I did all of those jobs in radio full time to get the opportunity to do Auburn women's basketball then Auburn baseball and be a part of that, that football crew that leads me to do Auburn soccer at one point on the radio. I never, I didn't play. I mean, this isn't a softball body or soccer body (laughs) you're looking at. I'd never played the game. I rarely watched it. And when Karen Hoppe asked me to do become their first radio voice for Auburn soccer, that's what I told her. I said, Karen, I don't know anything. She said, we don't care. We need someone to do it. I said, well, this is what I'll do. I will call soccer like I call a basketball game. You will know the score. You will know the time. And you will know where the ball is. Well, I did that for three, four years and then started doing games when SEC Network Plus came about and War Eagle Productions and did that for a number of years with with Mac Matthews. So the games have always been, Kyle, have always been what I wanted to do from the time of six years old. And I've done many things in radio from news, weather, sports, disc jockey. Wasn't very good at sales, <laughs> um, but, but hosting on air general manager, I did all of that to be able to chance eventually to do Auburn athletics. And you've had such a wide array of experiences uh, women's basketball, as you said, soccer. Uh, I, I'm impressed that you were able to give such a clear picture when you were doing soccer games as well. Because I, I I played soccer, but still, I don't, I wouldn't know how to start <laughs> painting that picture uh, because of just the amount of motion of the ball and everything like that, keeping that. So I can imagine what an experience that was trying to adapt to that. Uh, well, and, and again, I was part of a program that was building. Yeah. At that time, Karen Hoppe was building this outstanding program that that we see at Auburn today. And I was able to broadcast an SEC championship season and trips to the NCAA tournament. I've I've been fortunate in every sport that I've called at Auburn to be a part of some very special seasons. Mm -hmm. And that certainly that certainly helps to be sure. It obviously does. I mean, you started it out with women's basketball in that era that came in. And, and that's the thing that's important for me, because I, I often forget myself. I preach it, but I forget it myself that, you know, these other sports, there's so much great history there. And I remember sitting in the stands when you were uh, calling the names, the names you just mentioned, Dewana Bonner, Al Ismaili. And I remember being in Beard Eves Memorial and the crowd had been bigger than any men's basketball game, and they still had some of the seats covered up. And then I forget what game it was, but Tennessee, Tennessee, Ten- that's Tennessee in two thousand nine. They started pulling the curtains yeah. up to fill in more seats, and I literally turned to all my friends and I said, "Guys, this this is incredible! Like well, I, I've never seen the Auburn family respond this way." And I think it's a testament to us as Auburn family members that. Even though our interests may wane a little bit when times maybe not as good, when it's time for the Auburn family to respond, they come in droves and they are there to support. In my 31 years of doing Auburn women's basketball, that's the only sellout that I ever broadcast in front of for an Auburn home game. Mm-hmm. All right. And I remember coming in that day, it was Auburn, Tennessee. And my wife, since my wife drove me in and then she was coming back later. And Jan is a huge Auburn fan. She is at the games. She's had season tickets at Auburn football long before we knew each other. And if she invites you to come to an Auburn football game, you better be invested in the game itself. All right. Or you won't be coming back. So she drove me in that day very early. And I'm always very early to a game. And I remember setting up to do the game 
And the sports information director came over to me and said, Hey, I, th I think we're gonna have a big, big crowd here today. We might have close to a sellout. And I'm like, well, that that's great. He said, no, look, just what you said. They're taking up the curtains today. We're going to have 10,000 people here today. I take it for granted now. I shouldn't, but I do. When I get to sit there and do an Auburn men's basketball game at Auburn Arena with the jungle right behind us, mm -hmm. sometimes they're, I mean, literally right behind <laughs> us. And, and what that atmosphere is like, uh, I take for granted now. I never should because of what, what last season was. Right. But I take for granted what it's like to have that kind of atmosphere because in women's basketball, for a home game, it's the only time that I ever called a sellout crowd. I'm hoping, I'm praying that, that Johnny Harris and that staff and what they're about to build for Auburn women's basketball, that we're going to see that many more times than just one time in 30, 31 years mm -hmm. of that, that home crowd and that home crowd being that much of an advantage for the, uh, that Auburn women's basketball team. We see what it's like for men right now. Right. I want to see what it's like for the women's program as well. Well, and it's just like we just said earlier, you know, if you give the Auburn family a reason to respond, they will respond. I've been to equestrian meets where there was no room to move around. You're really rubbing elbows with people just trying to get a look at what's going on. And I don't understand equestrian. I really don't. It's, it's still confusing to me. I'm trying to learn every day about it. But Auburn family members, they will respond if you give them a reason to. I do want to kind of go back to uh, something we touched a little bit on in your younger years and now translated to something that you did at Auburn. You talked a lot about baseball. You're a big baseball fan, St. Louis Cards fan. Uh, obviously, I'm a Braves fan. Uh, is baseball your favorite sport in terms of just as a, as a fan, not necessarily as a job? It's, it's what I grew up watching more than anything else. It's what I grew up playing more than anything else. Um, when I was a kid, we live 50 miles from St. Louis. And from time to time, my, my father's father worked for Peabody Coal Company in, in Indiana. And he was the shop's manager where they brought the equipment in to repair. He was the one that, that bought the parts mm. for that, that repair shop. And from time to time, I mean, he was dealing with Peabody, which was in St. Louis they would offer him Cardinal tickets. Well, he would send us those Cardinal tickets. So we would get these tickets from time to time in the mail, three rows behind first base at old Bush stadium, the old round stadium with the arches mm -hmm. ringing the top of the stadium. And I mean, those are like some of the greatest days of my greatest days and nights of my childhood is getting those tickets from pop, my grandfather, and the whole family, at the time, it was four of us, going to that Cardinal game. And this is how long ago it's been in such a different day and age. And mom would fix hot dogs that we could actually take into the stadium, you know, kind of like a picnic, uh, to, to go in and, and watch the Cardinals play. And those were just outstanding memories of, of getting to be a part of that. And I, I can only equate that to those that perhaps grew up in Auburn and getting to go to an Auburn football game or an Auburn basketball game or an Auburn baseball game or something of that nature as a kid, that was my, that was my chance to, to go see that team that I, that I rooted for. We were just home and went to see the Cardinals and the twins. And listen, I've been a part of some major athletic events at Auburn. It's part of my job, but there's still that excitement of getting to walk into to Bush stadium with family and getting just to sit down and watch mm -hmm. a baseball game. Now, listen, of course, the two guys sitting right in front of us were LSU fans. Of course that would happen <laughs> at the game. So uh, it, it's always it, baseball was what I grew up watching. Baseball was what I grew up playing. Um, at the time, the Cardinal football Cardinals were still in St. Louis. That was a Sunday ritual after church, get home, have Sunday lunch and time to watch the Cardinals play football uh, before they moved to, to Arizona. And, and then I grew up watching and listening to the blues as well. The St. Louis blues hockey team. Mm -hmm. So those were, those were, those were my memories 
of, of growing up and, and listening to those outstanding broadcasters and um, Jack Buck and Harry Carey and, and Dan Kelly. I mean, they're, that's three of the all-time greats yeah. that I was fortunate enough to grow up listening to. You talked a lot about those feelings and the memories you get and uh, of being at those at that stadium, Bush Stadium, and I'm bringing it back to Auburn baseball and something that just recently happened with us going to Omaha. And I think for a lot of Auburn fans and a lot of Auburn baseball fans, Omaha seems like this mystical mecca that, you know, only happens every once in a while. What's it like out there for the Auburn fan that may never get to see Omaha in that stadium and that experience for college World Series? Well, one, I hope you get the chance for, for those out there that have never been. I hope you get that opportunity one day to be a part of an Auburn World Series team, to be a part there rooting for Auburn. And if Auburn's not there, I hope at one day you, you just get an opportunity to go and experience what Omaha, Nebraska is like in the new ballpark there. It is, it is magical. It, 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 isn't it odd that the Mecca for college baseball is Omaha, Nebraska. It is. Omaha's a great town. There's some great places to eat. And that's important to me, Kyle. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's not like you've got the Rocky Mountains right next door or something. I mean, Omaha, Nebraska is a destination because of the College World Series. And that's not a knot to Omaha. They do an outstanding job of hosting that event. The NCAA should never, ever move the College World Series out of Omaha, Nebraska. And you would say the same thing about the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. Those two places should never lose that because of how well they host it. But it, it, is, it is the destination. And, and for some of those schools that have been there over and over and over, I'm sure it loses a little bit of its luster. I would love for Auburn to be that school one day where we're there so many times, you know, and I think under Butch Thompson, it won't be another 25 years before Auburn is back, mm -hmm. but it is an incredibly special place. And it's one of those times if you're sitting there calling an Auburn baseball game and two years ago in 2019, Auburn scores 13 runs in the first inning of that, super regional championship game against North Carolina. And it's hard not to think about Omaha mm -hmm. at that point. And I remember after that top of the inning, top of the first when Auburn scored 13 runs and Paul Ellen, of course, was sitting to my right. And our thoughts are obviously at that point with Rod and Paula and that situation. But my thought at that point, after that first half inning, and, and I try not to do this, but I said a little prayer and I just said, God, don't let us be the team that blows a 13 run lead. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully we didn't. <laughs> and you, you get to go to Omaha, Nebraska. And it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it as someone in my situation. Right. I can't even imagine what it was like for coach Thompson and those players and that staff to celebrate on the field at North Carolina and knowing that they were going to get ready to go to Omaha, Nebraska. It's, 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 I'm sure what, what basketball felt like earlier that year when it beat Kentucky mm -hmm. to go to the final four. I'm sure it's what Auburn has felt like when it won the 2010 and the 2013 SEC championship games, knowing that they were going to get a chance to play for a national championship. It's an, an incredible feeling i'm sure for those folks it's an incredible feeling for those of us to be a part of that broadcast mm. it's it's something i hope we will get to experience again and i have full confidence as well that uh, uh coach thompson will lead us back there not just once but hopefully many 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 right. times hey auburn fans i want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the e2c network we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for auburn fans out there and best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system 
where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I got to be honest, I didn't think it would ever happen that Auburn would make a final four, Andy. I don't know if uh, you felt maybe similar to that or it just not because Auburn's not capable of it. It just final four out of 64 teams in a major tournament. That's something that's hard to do. And these teams that do it perennially, I, I don't know how they do it. So I guess similar question to what baseball, can you tell me about your experience at final four and what well, you would want to share? Yeah. First of all, I wasn't part of that broadcast. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's correct. No, that's right. That's Rod Bramblett. Of course, the late Rod Bramblett, my good friend and Sonny Smith. I was in South Carolina in Columbia doing baseball that weekend. That's right. With Paul Ellen and George Nunley, who's the sports information director, media relations director for baseball. So we call that Auburn weekend and Auburn wins two out of three against South Carolina. And Paul and myself and George are driving back from Columbia mm-hmm. listening and we couldn't listen to Rod and Sonny because they don't allow you to stream NCAA tournament games. We had to listen to right. the Westwood One broadcast. And at that point, the three of us were no longer media folks. We're fans. Mm-hmm. We're screaming at the radio. <laughs> you know, Auburn makes this, you know, it's just <laughs> all the emotions that go into that. And then when Auburn finally g- wins that game in overtime against Kentucky, and goes to the final four. My first thought is Rod and Sonny. And I told, I told Rod earlier in that, that year, we knew that this could be a very special team. And I said, and I've, I've told this to other folks that are getting ready to make their first trip to a a NCAA tournament or a final four. And I said, listen, my first two years doing women's basketball at Auburn, I'm in the national championship game, right? I didn't fully enjoy what was happening to me at that time. I said, be aware of this run to a regional. If you get a chance and you win a championship, make sure you get a piece of that net mm-hmm. that, that you can keep. And I told that to Rod when Auburn was getting ready to play in the SEC championship game against Tennessee. I said, Rod, when you guys win it, make sure you get a piece of that net. And when Auburn was getting ready to play in that regional final, I said, Rod, if you guys win it, make sure you get a piece of that net. Mm-hmm. Something that you can. And I said, just soak everything in about this run. And I think he said he did. Um, but my thought, my thought when Auburn made that final four was these guys get to go to a final four. They get to experience all that goes into a final four. Mm-hmm. And as painfully as it ended in that Virginia game, um, <laughs> I, I know that that was a special, a special time for, for Rod and for Sonny and for Brad Law, who's their producer. Mm-hmm. You're right. It did end in a, a not so satisfactory oh. way. We won't go too far into that, but uh, you know, I almost, I don't want to say that I take moral victories, but those moments where Auburn comes so close, but to see how we all came together behind this small group of individuals, there's something special about that. Um, I remember the 2013 national championship game and the gut-wrenching loss that happened. I remember being, I was ready to run to Toomer's corner. Instead, we, a group of us, 
decided we're going to go to Tumor's Corner and start the chant up of it's great to be an Auburn Tiger. And a crowd of people showed up there with us. And you don't want to ever hear about that story because nobody really wants to talk about that day that much. <laughs> but like you said, the the unfortunate circumstance with which uh, it ended uh, with not winning, going to the actual title game and winning, doesn't take away from how special that was. No, it never will. Now, listen, is there disappointment? Do we all believe if Chumo Kiki isn't injured mm. that Auburn wins that Virginia game going away and beats te- uh, Texas Tech in the national championship? Yes. Heck, I think if Auburn beats Virginia and they call double dribble, Auburn still wins the national championship without Chumo. Yep. We all believe that. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll never convince me otherwise. <laughs> but it also, in spite of the way that game ended, it will never take away just how special that team is was and is and will be forever to Auburn athletics, Auburn basketball, and Auburn University, ever. It is an incredible run, and even if we do it a thousand times more, that first time, that's oh so special. It's the first time. It is. (laughs) We've talked a lot about a lot of different sports. We haven't talked about the big one, as we call it here on the show, the engine that drives the car. It is important. The car doesn't move without the engine, but there are other parts that are just as important, but football. You become the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Obviously, circumstances behind that are unfortunate, but what a blessing. And I got to be honest, Andy, uh, you know, we don't want to say that we, when, when those unfortunate circumstances happen, that we start immediately thinking to the future, but your mind eventually starts with drifting there. I, I, I think it's not wrong to say you were the natural um, idea for the successor uh, for that, but when Finally, it felt appropriate to start thinking that way. I got to be honest with you. I just couldn't think of another person to step into the shoes that were left. And you have done an absolutely outstanding job of painting the picture. And I want to take it all the way back to when you said how you describe a soccer game. You tell us where the ball is, the time, where we're at, the basics. And then you allow your own personality your own way of storytelling to fill in the gaps. And Andy, you have done an absolutely outstanding job. And I I can't imagine the pressure that you've had to endure, but I also can't imagine the great joy with which you've uh, been able to accomplish something that not many people get to do. So if you had thoughts or uh, anything you wanted to share about becoming the voice of the Auburn football team, what would you say? Well, one, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be in this position. With that said, you would never want to be in this position as a result of what happened to Rod and Paula, hmm. two of our very good friends for Jan and I. And so each day that I, that I, I sit, I stand there and, and or sit there in the press box at Jordan Hare stadium or at Bryant Denny or tiger stadium or wherever we're doing, get to do a game at Beaver stadium coming up at Penn state. I think of Rod. I think of Paula, but it's also a job that, that I've wanted to do as long as I've been at Auburn. Mm -hmm. I love this job. I love being that person, that play-by-play voice. Does it mean that I was the only one that was capable of doing this job? Obviously not. There are many out there that could do this job incredibly well. Okay. I'm, thrilled that 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 i was the one that was asked to carry on that tradition of rod bramblett and jim fife and paul ellen and gary sanders and buddy rutledge and all of those men that came before us uh i'm privileged to be in this spot i love the job that i do yeah was there pressure sure i mean when i was named the play-by-play voice it was about this time two years ago i literally had two weeks to be ready for that first game Mm -hmm. now I had been preparing in the event if, if I was named to this role. Um, and I, let me buy it. I mean, you know, when, when Jim passed away in 2003, I was one of the people along with Rod that were considered for that job. And Rod got the job. And to tell you that I wasn't personally disappointed, I'd be lying to you if I, I told you that. But I walked into Rod's office when I was informed I was told on one side of the office, I walked into Rod's office, closed the door, and I said, congratulations. I said, I've got your back. Hmm. 
And then I had to deal with the fact that in all likelihood, I would never be given this opportunity again. Rod was younger than me. Um, and then what happened in May of 2019 occurs and that incredible summer and Jan and I are the guardians of Rod and Paula's son, Joshua, who's getting ready to start his senior year at Auburn high school. And then they, they named me to take over for Rod here. And it's been an incredible ride now going into my third season. I mean, that first year is cut short at the SEC tournament. Last year is a COVID year. Mm-hmm. I pray that we never have another one of those. And hopefully year three is a full year with huge Auburn crowds. And let's hope a lot of Auburn wins. I hope so as well. Uh, you know, obviously you would never work, want those circumstances to be your first two seasons, but maybe it allows you just to kind of get used to everything and kind of work your way into this new role and this new uh, world that you're having uh, to kind of learn. And, and as you said, uh, filling shoes uh, and that's, it, it's an incredible opportunity and we're so happy for you on that. Thank you. If you had to though, kind of just tell the Auburn fan that never gets to see from the press box, uh, what, what's going on, your perspective up there, you know, can you describe very briefly to me that I get to work with some outstanding people inside the booth and outside the booth. Uh, just our, our group here in the office. And you mentioned Beardy's Coliseum. That's where I'm talking to you from today. We're in the old hallway of what used to be Auburn athletics back in the day. Um, so that, that is our home and, and all of our sales folks and our support folks here in, in the office do such a great job. But on game day, there's Gene Dulaney, who's our, our spotter and statistician. And one of my bankers too, by the way, uh, Brad law is our producer. He's also the pre and post game host with coach Harson now and, and the Auburn players, Ronnie Brown is on the sideline, uh, as our, our sideline reporter. Stan White is now in his 21st season as a color analyst and does is, is as good as anybody out there uh, painting that picture with me on, on the broadcast. Paul Ellen at one time was the radio voice for Auburn football, basketball back in the seventies and has been our host with the Auburn network and the Auburn sports network since 1990. He is the host of the pregame show halftime and postgame. Mm-hmm and does a wonderful job. Uh, Jason Campbell is one of our, our analysts for, for pregame and halftime. Patrick Tisdale is our engineer. We don't get on the air, if not for Patrick. And, um, and then Ben Harling is our general manager, and he runs the ship for us. So that's our crew mm. on football game days. And we love to get together. We typically on game day for a home day, We'll meet over at Auburn Arena. We have a tailgate there uh, and have a bite to eat. And then we'll walk to the east side of Jordan-Hare Stadium to our stage just outside, uh, just on the other side of, uh, of the road there from the, the statues. I think there are going to be some more statues coming mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but, but we have a stage there. and We do the first two hours of our Tiger Tailgate show there in the crowd, the band comes by the cheerleaders. It's a lot of folks are tailgating in that area. It's a great atmosphere. And then Stan and I leave a little bit early because then we anchor the final hour of the pregame show from the booth. And then after that first two hours, the folks that are part of that start to make their way into the stadium and and join us in the booth. And then it's time for the game. Mm. And uh, it's a, it's a great operation Uh, One of the great things about this job, Kyle, is the people that you get to meet and the people that you get to spend time with. And as many great games as Rod and I did together, and there are some great games, what I miss most about those days is the time that Rod and I spent together in a car driving to Baton Rouge or Tuscaloosa or Starkville or Oxford, Columbia, wherever. Just that time being with him, getting to know he and his family, laugh and gripe about a f- umpire's calls or whatever, just the friendship and the camaraderie that you develop. One of our great joys on the road for Auburn football 
is our Friday night dinner together. And where we go for that Friday night meal is really important. There's a lot of pressure on the person that picks where we're going. <laughs> but it's just that opportunity to be together, to talk about families, to talk about our jobs, to talk about whatever. Obviously, we talk football. But just to be with those men and women and just to, to, to spend time with quality time with them. When, when, when this is finally over for me, I will certainly miss the games. I will certainly miss game days, but I will miss the people most of all. Mm. I love that. Uh, and it goes back to what we just talked about a little bit earlier. Yes, this being an Auburn fan has a lot to do with Auburn football. It has a lot to do with all the other sports, but it's so much more than that. And really, when you cut down to it, it's about the people and the experiences that you have with them, the conversations that you have, the moments that you share with them. And it's taken me, I won't reveal how old I am. I'm not that old, but I'm getting there. You can see my hairline. Uh, <laughs> but it's taken me a long time to learn what my father tried to teach me. It's not about what happens in the game, but it happens around the game. Right. The tailgating, the experiences, the the converse, the, the friendships that are developed. Absolutely. Those, those are the things that ultimately last. And I that's, think that's what this is. That's what lasts more than anything. There's There's memories of the game. But it's those people that you're with, to me, that, that you will carry for the rest of your life. And it is what I treasure most. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to round out the discussion part of this. Now, to round out our time, Andy, I'd like to do a little not-so-rapid-fire, rapid-fire questionnaire with you. A little this or that. Pick your okay. favorite of this. And I know that some of these you may not be able to give a direct answer on, <laughs> given the nature of your job. So I will allow you to defer if you okay. need to do so. But this one's pretty easy. Question number one, orange or blue? I Well, I'm wearing orange today. I think I look better in blue. <laughs> I think it's a little more slimming. Let me put it that way. So I'll say blue. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that response uh, <laughs> on that one. But the amount of people that say orange, you'd be surprised with. Um, question two, this might be a little difficult. Abby or War Eagle? Ooh, I, I'm going, and I'm going to say War Eagle. And just because if you're wearing orange or blue and you're wearing this on your ball cap or you're where you've got something that, that has this on there. Yeah. That elicits War Eagles anywhere in the world that you go. My wife and I took a trip on a Viking cruise two summers ago down the Rhine river. I don't know how many times if I was wearing or Jan was wearing, or my brother was wearing an Auburn piece of that. We got that war Eagle, wherever you go in the world, you hear that from people and they're not necessarily Auburn people, but they know war Eagle. So I'll go with war Eagle, but I love Aubie. I love Aubie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you you two might have to have a little discussion after this, I'm, but I'm, hey. I'm sure I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh question three. What's your favorite part of the Auburn fight song? A word, a phrase, a line? What favorite part? Ooh, boy. I'm I'm, I'm going through it right now. So, everybody so, has so, to. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked the imagery of fly down the field mm -hmm. because it 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 means so much to so many people. Right. There's the eagle part of it. There's actually watching that Auburn team go down the field. So I'm going to say that just because of the symbolism that it brings. Well, I think that's very appropriate with, with your job and having to, to paint pitches and images for us on the, on the radio. So I think that's very appropriate. Question four. Okay. This one, this one's going to be tough. I don't know how you're going to answer this. What You can't pick pay favorites here. How about this? Just what's your favorite Auburn sport? Okay. Or are you just favorite I, yeah. sport in general? <laughs> I, I get that a lot. What's your favorite sport to call? And I, my, my response, and it may sound like a cop-out, is it's the sport that I'm calling. There you go. At that point. They're so different. Football is such an enormous event. It's such a huge day. It's a long day. There's so much that that's, there's so many aspects of that day. Basketball is you're close in, you know, especially when you're at the arena. And, and then baseball is a little, I wouldn't say it's lighter, 
but there's more of a chance to breathe mm -hmm. in a baseball broadcast. And there's maybe a little more chance to show some personality or tell a story during a baseball broadcast. Doesn't mean that it doesn't get intense because it certainly does like with any sport, but they're just so distinctively different. And I enjoy that difference in, in all of those. Is that a diplomatic enough answer for you? I, I think you handled that about as way as well as you could have. Because <laughs> I'll be honest with you, with some of these questions, I was like, I don't know how he's going to be able to answer this. <laughs> I had a feeling that that question was coming. I thought about that one. Uh, this might be a similar one. Uh, all right. Out of all of history of Auburn athletes, do you have a one that sticks out to you the most, or I guess for lack of a better term, a favorite? Uh, I have a couple favorites. I wouldn't give you just one. And and I didn't I didn't get to see Bo play here or Pat Sullivan, or even Charles play here. And I was, my first year here was Frank Thomas's last year mm -hmm. at Auburn. But of those that I've, I've been a part of and I've called, Tim Hudson is right at the top of this list for what he did in that 1997 baseball season and what he continues to do with this program and what he and his wife Kim do with the Hudson Family Foundation. Vicki Orr was on that very first Auburn women's basketball team, uh, Austin's mother. Folks may not realize, remember just how outstanding she was. I mean, she was a two-time All-American, three-time All-American at Auburn, SEC Player of the Year. She was a special, special player. And when it comes to football, I, I don't know how you, you, you can't mention Cam uh, because what he did in 2000, I, I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of impact from a single player again. Um, but, but he's one of those, and I'll tell you another one. And I, I don't know why he, he always jumps out to me, but Damian Craig in 1997 saved Auburn's football season. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a great Auburn football team, but it should have won an sec championship. And it was because of Damian Craig and what he could do and just his incredible athleticism. Uh, as a quarterback at Auburn. So there, there is a few for you right there. Same, a similar question here for six. Okay. Co coaches, anyone you want to give shout outs to? Well, uh, I've, I have, I have truly worked with great coaches at Auburn. And my, the first one that I worked with was Joe Champy. He and I just had lunch the other day. He and I are, are close friends to this very day. I got to work with Pat Dye at the end of his career and got to, to forge a friendship and relationship with him. I eventually hosted his outdoor show for a while and got to sit down and talk with coach die about a year and a half before he passed away. It was an interview that, that Rod and I did with coach die for about an hour. And we talked about his, his, his childhood, his coaching. It was, it was a special time to be with coach die. And I'm not sure we will ever realize the impact that he had on Auburn, hmm. not just Auburn football, not just Auburn athletics, but Auburn in general. And then, you know, I got to work with another hall of famer in Hal Baird, who's one of the most intelligent individuals I've ever been with, regardless of sports, anything. One of the greatest interviews of all time. And to be a, a part of, of what he did for Auburn baseball. And, and then since then, Nell Fortner and Coach Flo and, and all those baseball coaches all the way now to, to, to Coach Thompson. It's hard for me, and I, I, I probably need to do a better job with this. It's hard for me not to become friends with these individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, and for many of them, they don't get to leave Auburn on their own terms. And that's a tough day because that's a friend of mine that no longer has that job. I'm starting to get to know Coach Harson just a little bit. <laughs> I hope I get to, to forge that kind of friendship and develop that kind of trust with him that one day you and I are sitting here and I'm like, you know, Coach Harson, what a, he's a friend of mine to this very day. I hope I get a chance to do that. I'm not sure that's the smartest thing to do. But that's the way that I do it. You know, there's a certain way to think about that. Obviously, the professional side of things. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that you try to develop friendships or, or allow yourself to do that. And personally, I think that makes it more real. 
and here's comes the across. most and, and here's the most important part of that relationship it's trust whether you become their friend their pal their buddy that's not the most important thing whether you develop their trust in you is easily yep. to me the most important part of that relationship well said well said all right let's rapid fire through some of these last ones here for you uh number seven your favorite non-athletics auburn person anybody that's not directly associated with athletics that you want to shout out there's always the easy answer of the wife well <laughs> i didn't know we were talking family yeah she's easily easily the most important one for me and uh, okay let me because after a game I will get texts from Jan during the game. Yes. Especially if we're on the road and she's at home watching the game. And she will watch the game as long as Auburn is doing well in one spot. If Auburn isn't doing well, she will go to another room to watch the game until Auburn starts to do well. That's in a, and here's a perfect example. During the comeback 2010, Jan and I are in the Bahamas with the Auburn women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. And Auburn played during the first half of that Auburn-Alabama football game. It's not a good first half of football for Auburn, remember? So we get back to the room, and I start to prep for my next game the next day. And Jan is sitting in the bed in our hotel room watching this miraculous comeback in Tuscaloosa. She desperately needs to use the restroom, which is literally five feet away from the bed but will not move from that bed while Auburn is making that comeback and does not move from that bed until the game is over. Wow. So that's the kind of Auburn fan that, that, that is my wife. That if I'm on, if I'm on the road, she's texting me during the game. I may not return the text, but she's <laughs> like, I can't believe we did that. Oh, good start. Terrible call. Here's, here's what, here's what the replay showed. Cause she's watching the game and listening to our broadcast. And, and if I get home afterward, then we're going over the game. Whether I want to or not, we're going over the game. Hmm. If she's not there, especially if she's not there and I get home, we're going over that ball game when I get home. She is the type of fan that I wish I could be, and I thought I was an Auburn fan. <laughs> I don't hold a candle to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, she uh, lo- and she loves everything Auburn. Um, we, we go to gymnastics meets on a Friday. And we go, now we get to go to women's basketball games. It doesn't matter if it's Auburn and we can be there. She wants to be there rooting for Auburn. Wow. Uh, I, I, I can't say that I've had that level of commitment that she's had. And it's, I've got a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> you did talk about uh, eat, loving to, to eat and, and how important that is. Do you yeah. have a favorite Auburn place to eat? Whew. It depends on what, what time of day. Um, I, I like the, uh, the, the sausage fried egg and cheese on a salt bagel at Big Blue Bagel. Um, that's one of my favorites. I love the um, smoked sausage at Byron's for lunch. I love the brisket at Bow and Arrow. Mm. That would be three right there for you. Now, there's many places that I love to go, but those are three of my go-tos. I'll write those down right now. I might have to make a little trip myself in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and there are many, there are many more great places. My, my family comes to visit from Illinois and the small town, there's just not the number of places. And they, they are always remarking on how many, what kind of a culinary town that, that Auburn and Opelika has become. And they're right. What a great, what a great array of places that we can go and, and have a, a fine dinner somewhere. Mm. I have two more questions for you, and we can run through these real quick. But I, I think this is important to understand your Auburn story. Um, do you have a favorite Auburn memory? Among my favorite Auburn memories are after the national championship game in Arizona. And after that incredible win for Auburn. And after all of those years where Auburn wasn't given an opportunity to play for a national championship, 2004, 1993. 1983. That's just a few. After the broadcast, Brad and our engineer were tearing down the equipment in the booth. And the rest of us on the crew were sitting, literally sitting around a table 
outside our broadcast booth. And we just kind of looked at each other like it was so surreal. It had finally happened. Auburn had won a national championship. And we had been able to be a part of that broadcast. Rod had called that game-winning field goal by West Byram. I was able to do all of those interviews live on the floor there at the stadium, mm. just grabbing players and talking to them and trying to um, relay the joy that those, those, those young men felt or those coaches felt and try and keep in mind those Auburn athletes that came before them that never got this chance to play for a national championship. And we just, for the longest time, we just sat there and just, we, we didn't say a thing. Uh, Bo Benton was our spotter at the time. And Bo said he, he, he thought about his mother who had passed away and the Auburn person that she was, how they had always wanted to be a part of something like this. I think we all thought about people that, you know, had not had this opportunity. And finally, here it was. And how incredibly blessed we were just to be a small part of it. That that will be one of my all-time favorite memories was that time together after that national championship game. As we talked about, sometimes it's the moments and the memories outside of the actual games that are the most important. To close out our show. I'd like for you to describe Auburn to me in one word other than family. Mm. Home. It's, it's my home. It's where I've lived longer than any other place in my life. I, it's where I, it's, it's where I, it's where it be, what became my home. And at one point I never thought it would be my home. I thought for sure I'd be moving back and Illinois or some other place would be my home. But this is, this is home for me. This is home for Jan. And I can understand why it is, why it attracts so many people to come back, whether it's to raise your family, to retire, whatever. I can understand the, the lure that, that Auburn and Auburn University has. Uh, I, I certainly know it first time. I love the zero hesitation that you had in that answer. And that tells me how real that word is to you about this place. And what an incredible Auburn story you have, just like the many others we've talked about in some some unique perspectives. And Andy, we are just so appreciative of you spending time with us today to share your Auburn roots and talk with us about what you've experienced during this journey. That's hopefully going to continue for for many, many more years. I, I certainly hope so, and I appreciate the time today, Kyle. War Eagle.